0: Welcome to the Christian Combatives Podcast. In this episode, we will be reviewing The Jesus Revolution, a new movie that just came out that talks about the origin of Calvary Chapel. I'll be joined in this episode by none other than my own father, who is also a licensed and ordained Lutheran Church Missouri Synod pastor. Now, originally this podcast contained a trailer or audio from the trailer for Jesus Revolution, but because the audio from the trailer contains copyrighted music— Uh, And that sort of thing is automatically detected in podcasts and YouTube videos. I'd rather not deal with the copyright claims, so you'll have to use your imagination. Now, the format of today's episode will be as follows. We'll begin by discussing our expectations together based on watching just the trailer. We had not seen the movie yet um, when we discuss our expectations, so there won't be any spoilers, at least on purpose. Now, there'll be a small intermission after that point uh, and we'll record again once we've seen the movie and we'll discuss the things that we thought from the movie, you know, is the theology good, how was the acting, was it any fun, was it was it historically accurate, these sorts of things and we'll kind of we'll get into the things that specifically come up in the movie. So if you have not yet seen the movie and you just kind of want to you want to check your expectations you can listen to the first half the first portion at least first 15 minutes of this of this interview uh and you won't have any spoilers to worry about there will be again a short break and then following that we'll be discussing things that we saw specifically in the video so if you'd like to continue all the way through you are welcome to do that as well or to come back later and listen to it thank you so much for listening and let's get into the podcast a movie came out just recently starring kelsey Grammer. Who I'm going to refer to as Fraser from here on out because that's how I remember him. It's called the It's called the Jesus Revolution or Jesus Revolution, um, and it's based on a historical historical account of something that I wasn't really familiar with. Um, uh, something to do with with hippies coming to Jesus and the the foundation of uh, I think Calvary Chapel. Uh, so, what do you know about the the history that the the movie is sort of portraying? <laughs>
1: It's uh 1969, the Summer of Love. And uh it's a I lived it. I was there at the time. I remember uh hearing about Jesus freaks, which I presume is is what this is addressing. And yeah, looking at the um <clears throat> at the movie preview, the the Holy Spirit symbol that they use is the same spirit that Calvary Chapel uses. So it, it does does make me wonder if if they, they may be referring to the beginnings of Calvary chapel or just, that's a common, uh, common symbol for the time. But,
0: uh, are you familiar with the, the pastor? What Frazier's playing? Or? Oh, you know, I,
1: I, is it Greg Laurie? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't know. I don't know. I, th- I think. You him or
0: the, the hippie guy. I don't know if the hippie guy. Either, I
1: don't the remember guy. the hippie guy. Um, I I heard the name of the pastor and he was familiar to me, but not until years later. Uh, um, and actually, I don't think that that was associated with Calvary Chapel, but it was a it was another church. Um, the history of, of uh, or, or <laughs> the Jesus freaks that that was a name that was. Not an in, not a term of endearment necessarily uh, um, <clears throat> much like the names of that was that were given to christians um well I
0: think about it like like holy rollers or something like that, like an almost derogatory term for oh I mean, weirdos
1: yeah yeah Jesus. it's you know i I remember my family talking about them, uh basically hippies that had some that that had some kind of claim or connection to jesus which appears to be the presentation that's that's given initially in these previews um i don't i don't remember it it particularly as as positive at the time um looking at I, i also remember at the time one of the sub themes of of the Preview, are opening closed doors and reaching to reach the people that are outside of the church. The people in quote, uh, meaning the young people, the, uh, the 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 people that populated the summer of love, um, the the hippies, another kind of derogatory term. Uh, counterculture, really. I I do remember that time and those feelings. Uh, The Vietnam War was in in play uh, and all of the politics and negative feelings around that and and, and, uh, looking at the government suspiciously, imagine, imagine doing that at all. Uh, and you know, one of the terms used was the man. So huge part of the counterculture was, was resistance to the man, to government, the way things had always been done. And the way that it was presented to us as, as young people, as, as teenagers, was you can't trust you know those old folks. Anybody over thirty, you couldn't trust. They were old. Uh, they were part of the old regime, the old way of thinking. So I do see this as portrayed in the in the previews uh, with with the Fraser character being the old guard, the old guys, uh, and being out of touch with the the more progressive thinking, more enlightened young people who valued peace over war. And that I, I saw as another sub-theme in the preview where at some point uh, after the, the Fraser character, the Kelsey Grammer, um, converts uh, or his, his way of thinking, he presents his church with Open doors to people who are looking for. Uh, he offers two themes: forgiveness. I think freedom was the other other word that he used: forgiveness and freedom. So I, I will be interested in seeing how how that plays out theologically in the movie. Uh, certainly, sociologically. At the time, those were were uh, well, forgiveness wasn't really a big issue. Um, like a ba- a marching banner, I imagine, the kind of
0: freedom. Well, that whole yeah, f- free love, freedom was was
1: huge. You know, yeah. free, freedom from authority, freedom from uh, um, conformity. <laughs> conformity. There, yeah. there you go. Uh, and and those are all interesting discussions that that. That fall into the context of theology, if you're willing to go there, um, but, but also, you know, what freedom from what, and what does freedom ultimately, ultimately, ultimately mean? I, it'll be interesting to see how he presents Jesus as freeing you. Um, yeah,
0: I, I mean, I think in the entire preview, I. I'd have to go back and look again, pay, pay really close attention. But I mean, the fact that it didn't jump out in the viewing, I don't know that they mentioned Jesus. I mean, aside from the the Jesus freak, Jesus uh, revolution type thing, uh, in the in the preview, it's it's almost exclusively, if not exclusively, about this interaction between you know the stuffy suit wearing squares and the the free love, dirty foot hippies, um, and and kind of it, it looks like. Well, so so, I'm I'm not really sure what to expect in terms of theology. Kind of going into any sort of religious um, religious TV show or or movie, I would have like expectations of okay. I expect that this is where they're going to go with kind of you know forgiveness of Christ or or whether they get it right or they get it wrong. Like you're saying, it would be it's inter- It'll be interesting to see if and how they deal with freedom, uh, like freedom from sin or something like that. Freedom in Christ, because you, you know you are free in Christ. Um, but how will how they'll how they'll deal with that? So I'll be I'll be paying attention probably um, to to the sermons. I want to. So my my thing going into the movies, I'm going to look and see: do they get the gospel right? Do they say the gospel at all, or do they just kind of talk about loving one another?
1: I think that's another. Uh, that's going to be the, a third big theme in the movie: is a the theme of love and and how the movie and the story define love. Uh, will be interesting how historically accurate that will be in terms of of the cultural definition of love that was coming out at that time, and and has really mutated but continued in into the present day. You know, we we have redefined love uh, where it, it is not the agape love that the bible presents as 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 the the ultimate and purest love from god but it's a very selfish love and and it will be interesting to see if 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 that's that's the love that they present present and if they if the movie presents that if that's the kind of love that's really the important love for the message of the movie
0: yeah, I see a lot of. I mean, I see a lot of kind of Christian groups and individuals looking at this movie and just being happy that there's a a movie. I don't know if it's a Christian movie, but it's a, it's a movie about Christianity. So, I, I mean, I don't know if it's a Christian movie in the sense of I don't know that it'll teach Christ and Him crucified. But I could say, okay, it's a movie at least about about Christians or or people who acted or thought that they were Christians. Um, um but so I I'll, I'll answer this question first, and then then I'll ask you kind of what are, what are your um, what are your expectations in terms of what you expect them to, to with the positive aspect you expect to come out of the movie and the negative aspect. And I'll, I'll answer that first because it's my show and I'll do what I want. Um, so the, the, the positive thing I could say off, off the offset is let's say you have a non-Christian come in and maybe this, this gets some inter, you know, an introduction or an, a, uh, an interest in, in Christianity in the general sense. Maybe the movie has the gospel and it has Christ and him crucified and they hear that message and they say, you know wow whatever you know the rest of the content of the movie is wow, this is interesting you know and the Holy Spirit works through that. maybe they'll be reading Bible verses and stuff in the movie. I'm sure they'll have a few of them I, I fully expect Bible verses out of context. I'm, I'm already imagining I mean there's going to be like you know judge not that's going to be in there probably half the verse, not the whole verse. Uh, something you know, without sin, let him cast the first stone. Like cliched Bible verses like that, taken out of context, I expect those, but it, it'll be good to see if, for example, they actually have a good, solid law gospel sermon. And even if it's a sermon delivered by a fictional uh, pastor, um, I think the Holy Spirit can even work through that and create faith. And now, So that would be my most optimistic um sort of expectation, but my most pessimistic expectation is where I expect this movie to go based on the trailer is you have a, you know, a conservative, stodgy, maybe even liturgical, you know, heaven forbid church. Um, there's a line in the trailer where I don't know the daughter, somebody's talking to Frazier and they said, basically along the lines of, well, this is why your church has like five people in it is because you're so you know you're so closed-minded or something along those lines. like uh he sees the hippies on TV and he says oh they need a bath or something like that and uh he says well this is why your church has has so few people so my my pessimistic expectation is the movie's going to push this message of well what the christian movement needs to do is it needs to embrace culture and it's just going to kind of turn it's the same sort of you know general pop uh, evangelicalism where uh people expect Christianity to chase after culture say oh there's a hippie movement well we better cater to the hippies oh there's a you know there's a youth movement well we better cater to their their music cell and kind of uh, constantly chasing constantly two steps behind the culture uh, as if Christianity isn't relevant to, to all cultures and, and all at and all times so that's that's my my optimistic and and pessimistic sort of expectation I don't know if you had the same or uh, a different kind of idea looking at the trailer?
1: Um, similar. This is billed as a, quote, feel good, unquote, movie. Hmm. And in one way, one positive expectation that I can hope for is that I will come away with f- good feelings. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the feelings, of course, Proceed from the idea that, look, Unity people, <laughs> people were able to love each other. Yeah, people were able yeah. to, they were unified. They came together and they loved each other in spite of each other's differences. Sadly, that's not what Christianity is about, but it does make us feel good. Yeah. The, the truth is Christianity begins by making us feel terrible. If we don't go there first, we'll never get to the true reason to feel good. And, and we want to be careful not to be driven by our emotions. Uh, we want to be driven by the truth. Um, I, I share your real positive hope at that in some way there is true gospel, truth, in this movie that people who come to see it, who are outside of Christ, might hear the word and the Holy Spirit would have an opportunity to to work in their hearts and and bring them to a knowledge of their Savior. That would be a great thing. Uh, Reading, getting to the negatives, um, this movie looks like it's going to lean toward charismatic type Theology uh, and possibly practice. I don't know. I didn't see the evidence of that. Um, but the idea that that you can hear God speak to you somewhere else besides His Word is a very dangerous and very wrong idea. And it's uh, reading the the uh, Augsburg Confessions uh, just a couple of mornings ago. I. I was struck by uh, by how adamant the the uh, um, the confessors were about, <laughs> about the enthusiasts <laughs> uh, that, uh, that that uh, that that the enthusiasts were uh, what they represented was a, a, a tremendous danger to the church uh, because it was in fact heresy. The, the truth is found in one place only, and that's God's Word. We we don't have uh, special pipelines where where we're moved enthusiastically by the Spirit to, to to discover revelations of our own. That wasn't represented in the in the uh, trailer, um, uh, so it will be interested to see if that comes there. That that's a that's a negative. I'm, I'm hoping it's not
0: there. Yeah, I could definitely see it potentially going there. I didn't see it specifically in the trailer.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I could see. I I share with you also the 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 negative apprehension around chasing culture. I, hmm. I, it's it's quite evident that that the the culture and music of the time is the shall we say bridge, and I'll put that in quotes. The bridge that the pastor uses to open the doors of his church for his people to come in, and 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 that again is just so wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Just it's because it forgets what you said. The efficacy of of the gospel is the gospel.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a time
1: timeless truth. It doesn't.
0: It, I mean, it it's may be cultural. Yeah, you don't. You may you may have to translate it into other languages, but it's not that, you know, you have to. Let's make the gospel relevant. Well, if people are still going to hell, uh, then the gospel is always relevant. Yeah. My my, one of the things that I that I that I saw, and you know, trailers aren't always chronological. But uh, what I saw is, you know, at the beginning, Frazier is talking about you know, all these dirty hippies need to wash their feet or wash their uh, get it, take a bath or something like that. And by the time you get to the end of the movie it looks like he is, I mean, from what it appears to me, it looks like he's kind of conformed to the, to, you know, well, the hippies were right. Not that he found some sort of way to bridge the two cultures, but that he found a way to bring the, the stiffs and suits over to the hippie, to the hippie side. Um, that they and, and so that's, I guess that's part of the fear is that, that he's going to take the kind of culture of the summer of love and say, you know, they were, they were right all along and we Christians need to learn from these pagan, these heathen hippies uh, how to love one another because they got it right so we need to conform to them so i mean again this is it's pessimistic but i've seen so many so many bad messages and in, in movies and sermons and tv shows and stuff like that that i can't help but expect the worst
1: in this case well i i guess we shall see literally we'll have to buy tickets yeah we'll, I, we'll have to buy tickets
0: This is the portion of today's episode of Christian Combatants where I originally had the trailer for Jesus Revolution. Now, unfortunately, this trailer contained copyright music uh, and if I played the trailer, then it would be this channel that got the copyright infringement. So to avoid any legal trouble, I've had to take up the trailer in the beginning and the middle of this episode. Uh, And I'll just give you this awkward intermission to break up the period of time where we talked about the movie before viewing and the period of time where we talked about the movie after viewing. So, without further ado, let's get back into it.
1: Well, we bought
0: the tickets. Yeah, we bought the tickets. We took the ride. Yeah. Uh, So, at this point, we've now seen the movie. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to make any sort of point of trying to avoid any spoilers. It's a movie about a historical incident. I don't know how much. (laughs) how much spoilers really count it's not like there's a twist or anything like that Um, but yeah so now is kind of the perspective post viewing so i guess the first question i would ask would be did you enjoy it at least on an entertainment level like if you were just watching a movie and this was on this was on you know tv or netflix or whatever this came on you watched it would you feel like your time was wasted or would you feel like you actually enjoyed it got something out of it
1: Actually, I, I did enjoy it. Um, in fact, a couple of times it hit me very deeply because again, having gone through that time, I connected with some of the characters feelings. Um, the, the search for, for something and, and looking in, in the wrong places, uh, I, I couldn't believe that, that he actually used that line, but he did. Um, yeah. I think one thing that I'd like to preface my thoughts on this movie with is I am going to presume that it is historically accurate. Uh, it it may not be, and chances are that it's not. It's taken liberties, but but the only way I can honestly... Judge this movie is to assume that the facts presented are correct.
0: Yeah, I mean, I want to do the same. I didn't, I wasn't familiar with with any of the characters. Uh, I didn't know any of the the names of the characters. um Maybe I had heard of Lonnie Frisbee at some point, or maybe it's just the fact that I know what a frisbee is. But uh, <laughs> which I yeah, I think was kind of the, the the point. But um, yeah, you know, so from the from the preview, it looked like looked like Frazier was going to be the main character and that didn't really end up being the case. He was kind of, um, he was kind of the framework. He and Lani were kind of two parts, two halves of the framework for, um, uh, what are the Greg, Greg, I think, Laurie, Greg, Laurie, Greg, Laurie, uh, and his sort of his experience. So I, I'd say, you know, overall I enjoyed watching it in terms of kind of entertainment and, and learning a bit about history. I thought it was enjoyable. The pacing was good. You know, all of the cinematic stuff was good, all the camera work, the music, the the, the pacing, the beats, all, all that stuff was good. It was enjoyable. There was there were emotional moments or, you know funny moments. there were there were moments that were more kind of emotionally somber and, and things like that. Uh, so you know, at least for the sh- for that shallow kind of approach, it was enjoyable. I would recommend it. If, if you're interested in that kind of era, if you're interested in that kind of you know the kind of history of um, Calvary Chapel, um, yeah, it's 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 definitely interesting, but I think there's more to be talked about, I guess, in the actual in the actual story, in what actually went on. And again, I'm assuming like you are that this is historically that this is an accurate portrayal of what historically happened. And I look at it that there's basically the three main characters. There's Frasier, there's Greg Laurie, and then there's Lonnie Frisbee. And Frazier is Frasier, and he's the square at the beginning and the mega church pastor at the end, um, Chuck
1: Smith, I believe it
0: Chuck Smith. I'm not going to call him that. <laughs> oh,
1: <okay>. Well, <laughs> it's I'm like, important I'm, because he's the he's the first pastor of Calvary Chapel.
0: I well, so I, that that was part of the part that was part of it was kind of it was interesting, and I think so. Uh, you walk away from it, and the movie is a feel good movie. Spoiler alert, I guess at the very end of the movie, the last. Five to ten minutes. They wrapped it up and everything was hunky-dory, but the moments before those last ten minutes um, All of the all three of those pastor slash whatever those main characters were kind of Awful people in one way or another and Chuck, I want to keep on to say Chuck Pierce. It's not Chuck Pierce That's a different heretic um, Chuck <laughs> What is his name? Whatever I, th- I, I, I
1: thought it was Chuck Smith. Chuck
0: I- Smith. Well, yeah. So Frazier, um, i call him that because I won't get that wrong. So Frazier starts, I mean, you look at the kind of character arc of Frazier starts out and he's got this church uh, and, and he's got these staunchy elders in his church and they're telling him how he ought to, you know, he, he needs to maintain the members that he has uh, and that's how he'll continue to have a salary. And he's really worried about, that. you know, his church is going to uh, foreclose or going to be taken away from him or something like that. Uh, Meanwhile, his daughter, on the other hand, is is saying, "Well, your church has only got ten people showing up because you're such a square and you keep everybody else out." And there's some there's some good and bad. Like there's there's some good to it where where the idea is kind of okay. You need to be willing to engage with the culture, but you can engage with the culture without trying to adopt the culture. When when Paul was at the Areopagus, uh, Mars Hill, he didn't. He didn't become a pagan philosopher. He referenced the things. He understood the things that you know, the the statue of the unknown god and whatnot. He referenced these things, but he didn't. He didn't be, become a part of the culture. And that wasn't what happened here. It, here, um, uh, Fraser drank the Kool Aid, as it were. Probably a bad <laughs> bad reference for the <laughs> for the, the subject matter and time frame. But what I saw in the character and. I'm trying to I'm trying i I'm scratching my brain trying to figure out if this was intentional or if this was kind of just something that came across in the acting, but there are certain scenes where you see him looking out at the crowd and he's and he's super excited and he's not excited about the message he never um, at the very beginning he kind of seems he kind of seems interested in the message of opening the doors and and you know it doesn't Christ co- go after the persecuted and the downtrodden and stuff like that so he seems interested in that at first but then later on it looks like his interest in more is more and more in, Oh wow! Look, my church is doing so great. It's so you know successful, and and uh, his measure of his effectiveness as a pastor is based on how many people are in the church. You can see that this is something that, that pastors everywhere deal with: uh, is this temptation to think that you know successes is, successes is, uh, is pants and pews uh, rather than you know rather than preaching Christ and Him crucified, and he so his his arc. If if you changed the music and the lighting in a couple of those scenes, he would have come across as a megalomaniacal narcissist. <laughs> um, there are there's times where he's talking about this is my church. I brought you into it. I can take you out of it. Uh, there would be nothing. You'd be nothing without me. And so there's scenes like that where I think that they're hinting at that there was some pretty dark, pretty dark stuff going on with mentality and and behavior with with kind of uh with Chuck Smith's character with Chuck Smith. Um but even without that, like before those scenes happened, the way I was looking at the scene, I was looking at it and saying, this dude is this dude is obsessed with how quickly he was able to fill the church. And he has he does not care what's being taught. One but- thing he just never mentions what's being taught. Uh, he does he just just can we get more people in here.
1: I I don't know if I would be that hard on him, um, as presented in in the movie. I it, he starts out, I would think, with a genuine concern of preaching the word. One of the very first things that happens at, at the beginning of this development, uh, when when what's his name, Frisbee?
0: Yeah, Frisbee. Uh, Lonnie.
1: Lonnie Frisbee starts bringing uh, the different the hippies into church. Is uh, he he introduces them, and then he raises up his Bible and says, "This is the word I believe of God. If not just, this is the word. Let's open it."
0: Yeah, it, he says to something it. like, "This is the word of God. This is truth. This is life." Yeah, but let's open. And it.
1: and he yeah. seemed to continue. So so I don't know that the the movie may or may not have done that justice. But if, if that's the case, at least starting out as his heart seems to be in the right direction, um, now we can have our heart in the right direction, uh, but but our our feet are <laughs> walking a different way. Uh, and I agree with you. I've seen this happen a lot in in American evangelicalism. Uh, the uh, I've seen it happen a lot uh, in in mission work in uh, across denominations the the heart of the missionary is is to reach the people um, uh, I heard from one of our own theologians while sitting across the dinner table with him one afternoon uh, in the in the backyard drinking beer and smoking cigars of which I don't mm. I don't partake of the cigars part but uh, he looked at me and said I don't understand why we're fighting about doctrine when people are dying so the missionary heart wants to reach people with jesus and i think that chuck smith presented a missionary heart but what's important to remember in this whole thing of of fighting about doctrine is that doctrine and and mission are two sides of the same coin you can't have mission without correct doctrine and uh and uh
0: well, correct doctrine necessarily leads to
1: mission. Yeah. So, um, but if you're if you're looking at like you say putting pants in the pews as a way of fulfilling your mission dream, while your heart is pointing it in the right direction, your feet are not. Yeah. And and that I think is that is problematic across denominations, but it, it's especially problematic in in the church growth, quote unquote, uh, folks. Um, I saw the tension between uh, Chuck Smith and and Lonnie develop about midway through the movie, and they both were narcissistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my. They both said, "This is my church," and and it, it, Lonnie says it first, and you see you see. Frazier's eyes, his eyebrows go up. Go <laughs> what? And and their troubles begin at that point. Um, it, was, the, it was
0: it was that moment when I thought, okay, well, Chuck or Fraser's gonna gonna call him out and say, no, this is not your church. This is not my church. This church belongs to to one man, and that is
1: Jesus. And to the movie's credit, uh, the wives of Chuck and. And, and Lonnie, and more, Lonnie, <laughs> more
0: reasonable than they were. Yeah. yeah,
1: they were they were more Christian and reasonable, and, yeah. and 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 they're both saying it's not your church; it's Jesus' church. It's not about you. Well, they they had a
0: line, not the wives, the um, uh, Fraser and Lonnie had this line. Or I forget who it was. I think I think it was. I think I think I think Chuck said that. Um, were it sounded like he was going to say, "This church is not about you." It's not, or it, yeah, I was hoping for and that. And I was too. hoping that he was going to say, it's about, it's about, it's, but he says, it's not about you. It's not about me. And I was going to say, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. That was the line that you're supposed to say. And he says, it's not about any one person. It's about all of
1: us together. And, and I was just like, oh. Therein, I think, lies <laughs> lies the redefinition of some of the terms in the movie. Uh, the, the idea of, of when Chuck opens up the doors, Encouraged by Lonnie, um, he presents the inside of the doors, the sanctuary, as a place where you are loved and you are forgiven. But we have to we have to understand the definition of that word love. What does it mean? And and it seems to have a lot to do with loving each other, which is important. It's an important part of of sanctification once you have received justification uh through agape
0: yeah and now so now that you mentioned this this comes to mind is um is they do talk about love and they and they, they talk about jesus uh very very sparsely for a movie called the jesus revolution or jesus revolution i was shocked at how how infrequently jesus was mentioned except for even maybe like a passing sort of all about Jesus, man. But like, I so I counted. I, I looked at my watch, and it was about forty six. And you know, I couldn't. I was trying to factor in how many how many commercials we watched before before the movie started. But it was about forty six movies or forty six minutes through the movie before any character mentioned the death of Christ on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. And it wasn't the pastor. It was Lonnie. It was the hippie. But I'll, I'll get to the I'll, I'll get to him in a second. I just want to kind of agree with you a little bit on. I think I think based on the movie's portrayal at the very beginning, I do think that that um, that Fraser had the right heart at the very beginning when he when he interacts with with Lonnie and Lonnie basically says, "Okay, you've got you know,
1: you gotta love the people.
0: You gotta love the people. There are people who are looking for God. So and I would and, you know say and maybe, they don't know it <laughs> and they don't know it. Yeah. Well, and I would say well, to some degree, yeah, maybe. I mean, I didn't live through this, and I don't know how many people were taking acid because they wanted. God and how many people are taking acid because hey it's cool, uh, uh, and it's a it's a fun trip. But I would say okay, at least I, I, I'll grant the premise. There's at least some people, um, and you can see this, you know, the Harry Christians. So there was a whole bunch, of, a whole movement going, a whole bunch of kind of religious things popping up, and a lot of new age spirituality came up, then because people were looking for God. I mean, again, I think of Paul and Mars Hill, and they're searching for the unknown God, um, and and I think that that point. At that point, Frazier was had the right intentions. There, the, it was it was a good point. There are people who are hurting who need who need God, uh, and there are they are blind men searching in the dark for a light that they can't see. Somebody has to point them in the right direction first.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, and it makes so. I mean, I've got all, all kinds of weird people that I that I interact with online. That it's kind of it's kind of the things. People, like, oh, you would interact with those hippies or you know whatever, uh, and and. answer is yeah you know these people need need jesus and it makes me think of um um you know i don't have to become a hippie to (laughs) to interact with them to uh i don't interact with hippies it's all kinds of different weirdos um but i also think about kind of kind of of the mission work well let's say for example you're an english congregation uh english lcms and you want to interact and you want to share the gospel with uh, with a Spanish speaking with a Spanish speaking population, the in the same way you could write off the hippies and just say you know they're people who are too far gone. Let's not try to reach out to them. Or you could write off other groups like Muslim refugees in Europe and say they're too far gone. They've got their own religion. Let's write them off. Or, um, or tribes in South America that don't even speak a language that we comprehend. You can do the same thing with Spanish. You say well they're just you know they they've got their own sort of religion. They're all they're all Roman Catholic. There's no we can't reach them. The culture is different. The language is different. Why, why even try? And I think, um, that part, when, uh, when Lonnie Frisbee kind of is explaining this to Frazier, that part rang, rang true. There are people out there, they're searching for God. And maybe that, you know, God, God finds them. They don't find God, but you know, maybe they'll, they'll have an easier time of it. If somebody, if somebody helps walk alongside them and, Guide them. So, with that, I want to kind of, I want to transition from talking about uh, Fraser to talking about the character of of Lonnie Frisbee. What did you, what did you take away from kind of his? So, before before when I watched the trailer, I assumed that all these characters would be the same beginning, middle, and end all the way throughout. You'd have well, not not Fraser. You'd have Lonnie would be he would teach Fraser how to love, and Fraser would start off as a square. And then learn how to love the hippies, and that was and that was what I thought the movie was all was gonna all be about. But there was some nuance and some complexity here where Lonnie wasn't this perfect theologian who always had the right thing to say. Um, yeah, there was there was arc, there was development, there was conflict, and there were some times where the movie actually portrayed him as being wrong and, and kind of sycophantic. Um, but what did you think about the the Lonnie Frisbee character?
1: Well, i was impressed with it was a very tense moment his first encounter with chuck was facilitated through chuck's daughter oh. and 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 uh, uh, you should see the movie because it is kind of humorous as to how and why that comes about um but you know, watching Chuck's daughter in the background, her eyes begin to tear up, and even his eyes begin to tear up, as, as this hippie with the uh, Jesus cape on starts preaching gospel, using the word of God, uh, f- fairly better than one would expect from a hippie, quote unquote. Yeah, it's some drug-addled, unwashed, yeah. barefooted. And, and we find out in the story that that he is, you know, he does have a history of drug abuse, and he's come out of it. And and so his discovery of of people looking for God in the wrong places begins with himself. Uh, and and we see that also with the the third character, who is uh, who's Lurie. the main protagonist, um, Greg Glory, uh, who goes through a, a period of of searching, you know, through, through drug abuse as well. Um, So initially I I am impressed with that. I'm thinking, man, this guy's, he's going in the right direction. What troubled me deeply was that over the arc of the story, which covers roughly about a year from, from 1968 to 1969, Uh um, Greg Laurie, become who, who was in high school when we meet him the year before is given the keys to a church to pastor. That's right. That only takes a year. Yeah. Uh And, and, and immediately at the, from the very beginning in Chuck's church, Lonnie is allowed to stand up and preach before the congregation. Um, some folks might ask, why is there a problem with that? And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm troubled with the, the theology of ministry is, (laughs) is, is greatly violated there.
0: Well, yeah. And the way that he's introduced, the way that Chuck introduces him to the congregation Mm -hmm. isn't, Hey, look, here's this guy who has, you know, he's got a seminary or an informal degree or something like that. Or I've thoroughly vetted his theology. It's, here's this hippie I met last night or the week before or something. He's known him for maybe at the most, a couple of days. And he says, let him let him come up and and share his story. And the interesting interesting thing is, from that point on, basically Chuck takes a back seat. It you don't really see him doing a lot of preaching at that point. He's basically he's invited in this guy who who can draw the crowds, uh, and he sits back as a pastor. This bothers me that he's you know he's he's the pastor and he kind of sits back and allows you know he said it allows this guy total freedom and the guy completely reshapes. Uh, the structure of the church um and, and
1: presumably the theology too although i don't know
0: well so that's a that's a question is how much did the theology actually change it was um yeah so yeah they kind of went along with the they kind of went along with the theology and uh it was one, one of the one of the moments that i thought was uh particularly interesting they're having they're having the words of the the pseudo words of instant no <laughs> <laughs> they're having they're having the Lord the Lord's Supper, kind of. And um and Chuck's up at the front and he's got his little his little jigger of wine. Uh and everybody I guess Ah, had,
1: but it didn't taste like wine.
0: Well, okay, so there we go. That's well that's that's problem two. Problem one is every you know, he raises up this, this cup, which I assumed had wine in it, because I would assume that that's what, you know uh what you would do if you're following the Bible. And he and he and he starts paraphrasing the words of the words of Christ. He says something along the lines of uh, and then Christ and he sat and he sat down and he looked and he looked around and he held up the cup and he says, this represents my blood. And I, I, I looked, shed for you, but, which is shed for you for the, yeah. yeah, for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. And I, I looked over at you in the seat next to me. We both physically cringed at the same moment. <laughs> Just this insertion of represents, you know, you got to change the Bible to fit your theology somehow. And it was, oh man, that was uh, that,
1: yeah. Well, that's a 500-year tradition, though. So this is, gives you, it gives you an idea of of their theology, at least in this area, is non-sacramental, and right. Luther would say heretical.
0: Well, yeah, the, those enthusiasts. The um, well uh, uh, then, okay, so then they go and they and they drink what I had presumed was wine, apparently incorrectly. So Lonnie drinks it and he says. He says, Hey man, this doesn't taste like wine or I don't think this is wine or something like that. It got a hint. That it doesn't
1: taste like wine. It
0: doesn't yeah. taste like wine it, that it's grape juice. And and there was, there was a small glimmer of hope in my mind that Lonnie was going to correct the theology and it was going to get him back on the wine and, and get him back to using <laughs> the word of God. Because at this point, Lonnie had used, I mean, I think, I think Frazier quotes the Bible, uh, a phrase or two, um, or a, um, or maybe a verse or two for a sermon. Uh, But but Lonnie had been more consistently quoting larger chunks of scripture and then somewhat accurately uh, exegeting them. So I I had hoped that this would, you know, going Calvary Chapel, obviously that's not what happened, but that this would kind of lead the theology in 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 a better direction. And Lonnie would be, you know, so at this point in the movie, I, I'm thinking of this Lonnie character. Okay, he's been introduced, uh, kind of, kind of a, a goofball. You, oh, this house has some nice vibes, man. I'm like, okay, okay, I get what's going on, and he's going to teach this guy a, a lesson and, and teach him how to love, and he's going to be perfect in every respect. But
1: because he looks like Jesus, because
0: he looks like Jesus, yeah, I would, yeah, I would. Uh, he says something along the lines of, uh,
1: <laughs>
0: "Who, who else would I want to look like, or something like, or who would I, who would I more want to look like than Jesus?" I, he takes it as a compliment. But so Lonnie comes in he, he uh, and, and all the hippies come in and and um, and they're all sitting in you know one side of the congregation and 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 Chuck basically says you know the door is open to all of you guys and to everybody who doesn't like it uh, the door is open for you to leave as well which I think is probably not the most uh, charitable way to engage with your elders who are supposed to keep you in check you know the people in your congregation that you know uh, have been there through the for the word of God and are now struggling with this new change. I think change can happen, and change can be hard, but there's ways to navigate it better than. All right, we've got a bunch. Of, we're, we're doing a hippie thing now.
1: Door works both ways. We're, the
0: door works both ways. Yeah, He. And I think he brought up. I think that was after he brought up this this praise band, the first first ever praise band or whatever. A bunch of a bunch of you know uh, long haired guitar playing weirdos. Um, and, he, and he brings them up, uh, and they're 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 rocking out to some song not a hymn not a, not a psalm not anything that has any sort of theological depth but something that you know
1: it's a typical it, it, yeah. um i i want i want to praise you cuz yeah. you're so good to me
0: yeah so it's yeah.
1: anthropocentric
0: and yeah that's 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 a good way to good way to look at it it's anthropo- anthropocentric it's yeah it's it's all about you know i i i, I want to love you i want to you know i want nobody else but you that kind of thing um so anyways, by, so, so Lonnie character, uh, at the beginning he seems, it looks like the movie's going to portray him like the perfect guy uh, and he's going to teach, you know, check all these lessons. But as the movie progresses, you see some conflict between him and his wife. And I think that there is, I think that the, one of the pivotal moments of the movie, uh, he's, so this is fast forward, they've all got, they've got a big tent, you know, there's a revival, there's a huge Calvary Chapel thing going on they got a huge tent packed to the gills full of people and he's uh, and he's given some sermon or message or something like that about I think it was about Jonah. Um uh, he doesn't he doesn't compare Jonah to Jesus. He basically says you're you're Jonah and, and uh, this was actually this was the closest thing to law I think I saw in the entire movie. Is he says that some of you guys are hurting because of drugs, because of the lives you're li- you're living because of the choices you're making, you're hurting because of these things. And if you turn to Jesus, then you'll be free of those, those things. Although there will be a period of time of adjustment, um, you know, being enjo- in in this, the smelly whale or something
1: Yeah, is like No, it won't be fun being in the whale.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it won't be fun being in the whale, but once you're through the whale, uh, you're good, which I would be careful with you with, I mean, I could see potentially how that could be theologically somewhat true. You know, your life, your soul's definitely in a better place. <laughs> your heart's in a better place once you have once you have Christ, but but becoming a Christian doesn't mean that all of your addictions go away and all of your struggles in life go away. So 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 that so he he preaches that. And that was the closest I think I ever saw to him saying something like this drug use is a sin. Um,
1: yes, and and that's the problem with being quote-unquote accepting Uh, Jesus people like to say that that Jesus is not judgmental um, that that he accepts everybody yeah Uh, but the fact is well no he doesn't and he is judgmental Uh, he wants to receive everybody but
0: and everybody wants to be with them you know
1: he's he has to he, he can only receive them his father can only receive them without sin
0: yeah
1: and that brings to you know another major feel I I would love to know and I'll, I'll go I, I didn't want to do it before this interview but but I'd like to go see what Chuck Smith how he was a pastor what training if any did he have and in what denomination what background was was his background um, because certainly the, Lonnie and and most certainly Greg Glory had no training at all. Yeah, um, but so so that's one thing that that bothered me. Uh, of course, the non-sacramental aspect of it. I figure, okay, there's a great many great many uh, uh, denominations that uh, that have that stumbling block, um, and. Uh, the, uh, prominent along with that was decision theology.
0: Oh yeah. That, especially when, so they had, yeah, there was a baptism scene where everybody's getting baptized at pirate cove. And I think, I think the guy, um, I think, uh, somebody's getting baptized by Chuck and he, and he basically says, you know, baptize in the name of the Father, Son from the Holy spirit. And he dunks him underwater. That's all well and good. But then it cuts over to, to Lonnie and, and, and Greg and Greg comes up to Lonnie and Lonnie says, you know, do you want to, do you want to be baptized today? And Greg says, "I don't know." And Lonnie says, "Would you like to choose right now?" And then I think—I mean, I'm not sure if that's a sinner's basically prayer. Basically, guides him through the sinner's prayer. Yeah, he got yeah. He guides him through the sinner's prayer, and and he basically says, at this point, you're making a choice. You have made a choice for Christ. You have made a choice to to invite Jesus into your
1: heart. And you know, um, you you talked about being healed of drug addiction. Yeah. You know, just knowing Jesus does not automatically do. One of the things that Lonnie was saying to, to the group was you, he finds this, and this is a theatrical moment uh, that may or may not have been constructed by him. Nonetheless, he finds this woman who's a drug addict and he goes to her and he looks at her and he says, you, you can be healed but it will require a decision from you. So I, I, you know, it, it really became, you know, there's so much trouble with, with that kind of a theology. And, and, and that was, that seems to be a very, very prevalent uh, part of, of uh, Calvary Chapel in the movie and, and perhaps Calvary Chapel to today, as it is in, in, in many denominations. Uh, that It's not that we're, we're healed because we chose to be healed. It's we're healed because Jesus chose us yep. for healing.
0: And, yeah, and he chose to heal us in that way. Yeah. There, there are some times where healing doesn't come in the way that we want. Somebody who's very sick may be healed by being brought to heaven rather than uh, rather than recovering. Or if they recover, maybe they don't recover all the way. Um, if you've got, yeah, if you've got somebody who's got, you know, really serious health problems with their legs or something like that, maybe healing is amputation, not a miraculous stand up and walk every single time. The, yeah, so, and this is where it, um, that point when he kind of, he, he says, you know, he, he turns away from the microphone at one point. And he starts tearing up, and he turns back, and says, someone in here is hurting. And he looks around the room, and he see, and he sees this lady who's got a drug addiction. He goes up to her, and then he goes around the room, and 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 you know puts his hand on somebody's ear and says, you know, you've had hearing loss since you were born. Uh, now you're now you're going to receive your hearing, hearing. Receive yeah. your hearing, and it doesn't it doesn't ever show the resolution to any of those things. It doesn't ever show the resolution like okay, oh wow, you know the person doesn't jump up and say, oh, I can hear now. Um, but, uh, there, there's one character, I guess, who, who comes in, he comes in in a wheelchair and he's like, I'm dying, man, I'm dying. And he says, you're not dying. And you're, you know, this is a bit earlier on in the movie. He says, you're just, uh, just the drugs talking or whatever. Um, and then that, that guy later on, he's, he says that he's free of addiction. He doesn't have any crazy, He's talking to a, a time times reporter and, it, or a time reporter for the magazine time and, and he says he doesn't have the addiction anymore, and you know they're saying, well, that doesn't make any sense. He says, I I know, man, it's just the way I told you. So presumably that was a miraculous healing, um, but any of the other cases where he kind of he kind of says, you know, I'm going to cure this person's deafness or whatever, I, it doesn't it doesn't ever show whether it happens or not.
1: And you see you see it in in Chuck's face. Uh, he's he's troubled by this, mm-hmm. and he confronts Lonnie on it later he says I think you need to cool down on the theatrics oh, the, yeah you need to. it's not theatrics it's the Holy
0: spirit it's the holy spirit so, I can't you know well yeah. and then later on what so this so the 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 peak of the sycophancy of of Lonnie frisbee is when he's at um he's there's there's a time he's in front of the congregation or whatever and then he just jumps up and he says the holy Spirit needs to heal someone somebody in here is hurting I, yeah. I need to so and, and he starts frantically like trying to find somebody who's Who's got an illness that that, that he can heal, um, and he
1: does it because Chuck is preaching. And he's not.
0: Yeah. Well, and then you see earlier on. I think I think probably one of the preceding scenes. Um, he's he's out in the backyard in front of a campfire and he's crying and he and he wants God to use him. He says, "You know, please keep using me." Oh, that reminds me. The um, yeah, the the scene Somebody where
1: to see this movie by the time. Well, we're done. <laughs> that's fine.
0: Uh, presumably, the people who are listening to this have already watched the movie, and at this point, they just want to agree or disagree. that's a that's a great thing about watching or listening to to reviews of uh but um so so you've got this um i forget what the 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 television program called like miracles exist or miracles are real or something there's this female host i think it's still i I think it's still there's still a variation of that on youtube because it sounded familiar this lady's basically talking to Lonnie, uh and he's talking about you know god uses him and stuff and she says so are you a prophet
1: oh it was yeah copeland was that Uh yeah, Kenneth Copeland's wife, I believe. Oh, so so <laughs> yeah, deep, deep, uh, televangelist and and uh, charismatics. Yeah, uber,
0: well, Uber Heretic Extraordinaire and his wife. Um, yeah, so, yeah, they she she asks him basically, you know, so are you a prophet? He's and, he, and he thinks about. It, he says, um, and everybody's looking at him. Like Chuck's looking at him, and he says,
1: Yeah, yeah, I am. I guess I am. Yeah, and and that f- gets to the final trouble spot for me, which I was afraid was going to happen and did happen. Enthusiasm mm-hmm. did enter in, at least in the form of Lonnie. I don't know if it's if if, if it's there with Calvary. I, I got a feeling it might be, um, but the idea that that God speaks specially to certain people. Yeah, and that is. Easily dealt with the first time God speaks to the prophet, and and it turns out not to be true. Yeah, that's uh, you never get you never get a second chance after that, according to scripture. Never. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and according to scripture, <laughs> at that point you also kill him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so. That's that's the Levitical laws is um is yeah. How do you know that? How can you know if somebody is a prophet? Well, if if what they say. Uh, if what they say in the name of God is is true or comes true, and if it doesn't, then then that's it. One strike, you're out. You know. Yeah. Get,
1: th- this yeah. idea that that I've got a batting average of in my prophecies of of sixty percent or forty percent or eighty percent, the or that the God's Holy word is. doesn't yeah. doesn't allow about a batting average any any less than a <laughs> thousand.
0: Well, yeah, and 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 this idea that. The Holy Spirit has difficulty conveying clearly. I mean, how many times in the, in the Bible does, does God talk to you know a prophet, uh, and they get you know verbatim they get some some really ex- like direct commands that they can give to the king or whoever? Whereas, kind of modern modern takes on this are well, I think I'm getting a feeling from the Holy Spirit, and then just something really vague or general. The Holy Spirit is laying a feeling on my heart about growth or about renewal or about revival or, but, you know, just pick a, pick a fancy prophecy bingo word. And that's, um, and that's what they, they, they kind of go with. And and again, biblically, that's never, I can't think of a single example where God gives a prophecy to a prophet and they have difficulty knowing what the prophecy is to give to the people. I, I can't think of a sick, I can think of examples like um Eli and um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Samuel, Samuel and Samuel's not sure that the person talking to him is God and not Eli. And that's kind of and that that's cleared up, but it, there's I can't think of a single point where 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 a prophet comes and says, thus says the Lord, I, I think. think. <laughs> if I recall correctly, uh thus thus laid the Lord on my heart, a uh, general feeling of uh fire will rain from the sky if you don't repent
1: of your And and that's the beauty of finally to bring this whole thing full circle and, and it's leaving out um, the, the, the main protagonist, oh, which, Greg, is, yeah. which is Greg. But I think maybe that's a good thing for people who haven't seen the movie. Uh, I'll just give a hint that, that it, it's highly likely that, that, that he gets the girl in the end. Uh, other than that, I won't say anything, um, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, Oh, I, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, I had two points I wanted to make. Um, to come full circle in the beginning people are searching for something Uh Uh, you know in the old days i don't know when you were a kid if they ever talked about this but but when i was finally learning christianity for the first time eventually um you know it was was, how do you fill the god-shaped hole oh
0: yeah i've heard that you
1: know uh so so people try and fill it with all kinds of things and and if you you don't know about God. You don't know what to fill it with. Um, well, what is the solution to that? The, the The solution to that is God's word, and that was the thing that that I wanted to say. Is that you don't you can say as a pastor or even as a as a lay person, th- this is what God says. And then you can point to the Bible and say, see, it's right mm-hmm. here. Yep. Um, uh,
0: if you want to say God laid something on your heart, it's, in, it's impossible for you to, for the most part, say, uh, and here it is in the Bible too. I mean, if, if God is talking to you in the same capacity that he talked to the prophets and the apostles, then your words need to be written down to scripture as well. Because if God is communicating with you in the office of of prophet, and you don't know that Hebrews chapter one verses one and two exists, and God has and God has made you a prophet or a capital A apostle, then your then congratulations, Joseph Smith, your words need to be written down as scripture because that's what scripture is—it's God's word delivered to His people.
1: Um, but yeah, this and Joseph would agree with. Well, you. <laughs> Joseph Smith would
0: agree with, but I mean, if you think about kind of the enthusiast, char- charismatic sort of. Uh, how many of them would say you know when they're getting a when they're getting a word from God or they get a feeling from God or God lays something on their heart or whatever how many of them would agree when you say okay then that's the the next chapter of the bible then because if this is what you're claiming then then all christians around the entire world need to study your word as the literal spoken word of God because if you're saying you're a prophet that's what you're saying
1: you're doing yeah but, yeah well, so, it's yeah. it's 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 again. It's easy to rectify because we have God's word. Yeah, because yeah, you it's, uh, it. you know how I know that that God said this? It's right here. Yeah, I, you know, it's not a special revelation to me. And I think the, the other thing that I wanted to say to come full circle is we see, and and I I really identified with this. I I went through this. Uh, we see the attraction of culture as a way to bring people into, into the door, Mm -hmm. into the church, quote unquote. Um, And, and the square in this scenario is liturgy. Yeah. We need to abandon liturgy because it's old and stodgy and, and, and it's not like anything that we're used to. And, uh, and And we need to to do it the way that we like, and there's so many problems with that
0: well and not and, just the way that we like, but the way that we feel moved
1: to oh the, and feel at yeah at feel the moment again it's enthusiastic changing. yeah it's it's you know, how do we judge truth do we judge truth by our emotions or we judge do we judge truth by an a, an objective measure which can only be god's word mm-hmm and And that's the beauty of liturgy, which is is lacking less and less in American uh, evangelicalism, uh, that all of liturgy is God's Word, presented in a way that that uh, that all culture can access, yeah. musically, poetically, uh, in 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 preaching
0: even down to the order of service investments and things like this a yeah. lot of these old stodgy things um, are are developed to to teach to have to have a structure so you're not trying to fit you're not trying to reinvent the wheel every time you get up to preach a sermon which is you know one of the day one of the many dangers of this kind of do- as- you feel uh, approach to the uh, to to um, not to the well, yeah, I guess it's a theology. to theology, to liturgy is you know go up and if you feel the spirit telling you to shake a tambourine and start dancing and singing, well, what do you prepare for next week, you know? But yeah, um, so yeah, the, the, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, the more okay. So there's you know the the, the Chuck character and uh, Lonnie Frisbee. and even though they don't have as much screen time as the Greg character, I honestly think that there's a lot less to say about the Greg character greg uh laurie is it laurie or
1: greg laurie
0: yeah greg laurie there's there's less to say about him because he's not leading any of the any of the kind of changes at calvary chapel or any of the developments he's just kind of along for the ride and he's he starts off in one in one area he's
1: fundamental to to how calvary yeah goes from there oh oh, yeah that's not in the movie
0: yeah in the movie that's not the in the movie he's um, he is so if you if you don't vibe with with fraser you don't vibe with um, um frisbee um, then this character is more of a you could, you could empathize with him and he's more of kind of the everyman character that you can kind of see his issues he's trying to desperately struggle to find he starts off at a like a military high school uh, and then he and then he try he falls in with the hippies and their drug culture and then eventually he fall he, he finds his way to calvary chapel and, he, and he's kind of falling back and forth into these different areas trying to find trying to find you know where, where the truth is and uh, and then at some point um, uh, they just basically give him a church They say okay guess what you know you high schooler because uh, I don't even know if he graduated high school because it said that he was in high school but it doesn't necessarily say that he, gra- he could have could he could have still been in high school I mean I don't know um, it's not, uh, but yeah so essentially a high school student or somebody very close to the age of a high school student, is told, guess what, you're going to preach at, uh, at at this other church. And the guy in the church was wearing, looked like a Roman collar to me, so maybe Lutheran. Oh, yeah, and
1: called him Father. He called
0: him Father, which makes me think, I don't know that they do that in Anglican. What
1: business though. does does Chuck have sending anyone over to a Roman yeah, church? It, yeah, it yeah, looked that like was a Roman so strange, eh?
0: Catholic. Everything about it looked Roman Catholic. And then you know, again, it could have been Lutheran, could have been Anglican. But yeah, it was. I don't know what the organization was there, um, but bad on that Roman Catholic priest because that violates, I'm sure, all kinds of canon law and stuff to invite a you know the Calvary Chapel preacher or passer to send uh, a kid s- some kid to come and preach to your congregation because you can't you can't relate with the youths. Um, but yeah, so so he's he's more of a passive character. I mean. Uh, until the very end where he kind of takes a more active role and he and he does baptism and then kind of in the in the credit scene uh, it kind of talks about how influential he is and how he kind of shapes Calvary Chapel but there isn't uh yeah he's 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 more passive and receptive whereas the other two main characters who actively drive the story are definitely more i I, I would say it like this now now that we've talked about it for a while i would see it like this uh, both Fraser and Lonnie Frisbee uh, are, or develop into narcissists. Or there's some underlying. Like at the beginning, it seems like they've got the right idea, but then they quickly develop uh, into narcissists, um, and and kind of focus on the numbers in the church. And this kid is shaped by them into that sort of mentality. So he's gonna he's gonna grow up to be just like them, essentially. But they were both kind of two sides of the, I, I don't know, because again, they neither of them really started out as a, it, the church is all about me type thing, but they both very quickly fell into that role. And then they kind of brought the kid into that, Greg into that role as well. So I don't, I don't know that there's that much to say about Greg besides that. I mean, you, it's definitely, it, with all this griping, all this nitpicking is, is a result of pastors watching movies about other pastors of other denominations. This is not to say that the movie is bad. The movie was was again enjoyable. It was a good look at what I what I hope is, you know, a faithful representation of of the history. It's interesting and it does seem to have some rose-colored glasses particularly at the end whereas earlier in the movie some some conflicts came up with the characters that I that I I don't feel we're adequately resolved, but I also believe that that's kind of historically probably what happened.
1: I think for me, watching the movie was good in another way as well. It caused me to ask some questions mm-hmm. about the way things are done, the way we do it in the LCMS, oh, yeah. the way things are done in other denominations. And how things were done in the first century. So baptism is a great a great question to, to be asked and, and considered in this. You know, they're doing mass baptisms, sometimes a thousand people in a day, yeah. down down at at, at that at, at Pirate's Cove. Cove. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's John the Baptist was certainly doing many, many baptisms as well in you know, in his Pirate's Cove on the on the Jordan River, uh, Peter Nax. Yeah, Let's say um,
0: thousands were converted and
1: baptized, and and so is this willy nilly or or when we look at it, I mean, what's what's the follow up and what's what's the what's the preparation? Those are two things that I struggle with. I don't want to baptized into nothing and, and paul addresses this you know were you baptized into peter were you baptized into you yeah, know, Paulus or Paulus or, yeah. or or i don't think i baptized anybody but and he finally says you're baptized into christ so it's important to recognize that certainly from our brother paul um, as far as preparation john is preaching at the jordan he's just not willingly baptizing Peter too. Uh, Peter's sermon, yeah, Peter's sermon. he's he's preaching. and and then wh- what is the follow-up? What are they baptized into? They're baptized into Christ, but also they're baptized into the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, what happens to those thousands of people that are baptized without you know without record, without without uh, preparation and without follow-up, Do they become a part of the body? Or is it as as frivolous as the altar calls at a Billy Graham uh, get together? Right. Where, where you know I know people that have that have been that have come to 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 the altar several times during several uh, uh, Billy Graham events. You know, uh, it's I mean it's good that preaching is done. And 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 baptism, of course, if you're if you're sacramentalist, you believe that once is good for all. Right? How many ba- people are baptized several times? We know in some denominations that you know, that, that unless you're baptized into that that particular <laughs> church on that particular corner, you, you need to be baptized again. So it's 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 odd. Um, you know, so the theology bapti- uh, of baptism is important, and also the preparation and the follow up. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, what happens in Calvary Chapel, but, but it is concerning. You know, it, it's a question that I have to ask in, in my situation. Do I baptize everybody that wants to be baptized without any preparation and without any follow-up? Without, without any, any structure uh, at all. And
0: this is one of the things that the, that I think I saw in the movie that, the we've already kind of talked about is, or even in, in the sense of liturgy, but if we apply structure and liturgy, you can apply structure to baptism as well, before and after, you know, what what are the steps leading up to baptism? Is there instruction leading up to baptism? Or is it just some tourists come by and say, hey, I'd like to be baptized at this famous we, spot? We just
1: came in from Texas. <laughs> yeah, we just
0: came in from Texas. was an example from, yeah, example from a movie. But, you know, there are people who will they'll say, well, oh, that's a pretty church. And that's, you know, I'd like to go get baptized there real quick. And then, you know, get back to the bar, you know, whatever it is. Um, And, and, and I, and I think it's, it's, again, this is even in the sense of baptism, this is the same question of kind of structure versus, versus, I don't want to just say enthusiasm. I want to say unbound, un, unguided enthusiasm. One of the characters, I wrote this down because I thought it was, I thought it was a very telling line in the movie. I don't remember what character it says. It was either, it was either Lonnie or, or Greg, I think they said, what if this is just another high? I think it was Greg. Uh, And he says, what if this is just another high? And there was, you know, there was some part of my, in my head was kind of screaming out like, yeah, for a lot of people, that's what, that's what they see church as, is they go to, for an emotional experience. They go for the, they go for the rock with the rock and roll type, you know, workup thing. But then when they leave that, that emotional high just kind of diminishes again. And, you know, you you keep returning for that high, but it's never, it's never anything substantial. So." In in the movies, kind of dismissed as well. No, it's not. It's not just another high. But in many cases, I think a lot of people kind of come to these enthusiastic, charismatic, whatever experiences, and for them, it is a high, and and that's all it is. It's just well, I felt the spirit
1: that day. That's exactly it. It's you know their their truth is based on emotion rather than the word. Uh, Greg Laurie is listening to the word. For however long he's listening to the word, reluctantly goes down into the water at at uh pirate's cove and is baptized and and, uh, comes up out of the water it's only after he comes up out of the water that he's convinced it's true he's convinced it's true because he feels it's true which it's just not right.
0: <laughs> well, and then even later in the movie, his feelings he he has negative feelings. So it makes you quite makes you wonder if he starts questioning everything base. yeah. well, I, I think I, I think we've probably talked enough uh, about this movie. I mean, we, there's certainly plenty more that can be said. but I think I mean one of the one of the takeaways uh, over you know, should you watch the movie or not? I would say yes. And the trailer makes it look much more simple than it is. There's a lot of nuance that goes on in the movie because I think in much because it's a, a historical uh, it, it's 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 representing historical account you don't have you don't have as many neat ends uh, you know uh, resolutions that, that you would have in a in a movie that's written by without without any reference to history um, so there is there is some some complexity and nuance none of the characters are as one dimensional as they absolutely seem in the trailer. Um. So yeah, I mean, uh, if you want to do the, the the Siskel and Ebert, would you give it one thumb up, two thumbs up, thumbs down? What do you think in terms of should you watch it or not?
1: Uh, for entertainment, I give it. <laughs> I'd give it a thumb and a uh, and a half up.
0: Thumb and a half up. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm probably in the same boat. I'd say a thumb and a half up. It wasn't it wasn't the most exhilarating sort of, you know, this is an amazing movie that I want to watch multiple times. But it was it was a movie that I, I think it was worth, you know, it was worth the price of admission. It was worth watching and worth kind of thinking and, and talking about. So I would recommend going and checking out the movie. See see your own kind of thoughts. Let and, the movie make you ask some questions.
1: And, and it And it tugged at the emotions. Yeah. Which is interesting because that's the whole thing that we're talking about <laughs> in the end here the what the movie does or attempts to do to you it may not do it to you. It did it uh, maybe a lot more to me than to you because again that was that yeah. those were my formative years and and I know everything that was going on then um so i was i was i'm thinking man if i I might have wound up there yeah at, at that time if if I had run into these people, yeah.
0: That, that, that's that's good um, yeah I, I, I love I love being a movie that can that can tug it tug emotions Fun movies are fun explosions are cool uh, and, and, <laughs> and, and if a movie's got a lot of jokes that's great but I love me a good movie that just rips your heart out <laughs> um, okay so with that I think we'll conclude our, our review of this thank you for listening to anybody who's made it this far god bless you and take care